A new year is always a time to look back at some of the blessings that God has given to us. It's also a time to look forward with great hope for what God is bringing in the new year. Paul does a little of both here in these first verses of 1 Thessalonians. He, he gives thanks for what he has seen in the lives of the believers of that city and what they have been doing in, in days past for the Savior. And then he looks forward to the possibilities, the hope of what is to come, what God's going to do in days Ahead, And from his words of thanksgiving and hope, we can glean some exciting prospects for our new year right here in Springfield, Missouri in 2019. This morning, we want to give thanks and we want to move forward in the hope of God's promise. First of all, we want to give thanks. Yeah, I know Thanksgiving was a few weeks back. We had Thanksgiving and then we had December and then we had Christmas and then we had New Year's and and, and nothing wrong with a day for, for turkey. But Thanksgiving ought to be more than just one day. We all know that. It ought to be a constant presence in the life of every believer. It certainly was for the Apostle Paul. His letters almost always begin with a word of thanksgiving. As bad as some of the situations were in some cities like Thessalonica and Corinth and Galatia and others, there was still reason for Paul to give thanks to God for all the wonderful ways he was working. Scholars believe that 1 Thessalonians may be one of the earliest of the letters that we have preserved in the Bible that Paul wrote. Some scholars argue that that would be Galatians. It depends on exactly how they date those. But 1 Thessalonians is written very early. In Paul's ministry, sometime around 50 A.D., the middle of the century. According to Acts 17 and 18, Paul's preaching had incited a mob in the city of Thessalonica. And they had forced him to leave the city before he was ready to do so. So he sent Timothy back to to the city. To continue the work. And and then after Timothy had been there for a time, he comes back to Paul to report to him about what was taking place. And he reported that the believers, though they were facing some challenges, they were holding strong in their faith. So Paul writes Thessalonians to help the believers in the midst of some of the things that they were facing. And as he does so, he gives thanks here in the first verse of 1 Thessalonians Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to find out this morning. That as believers, we can always give thanks and we can always grow in our faith. The Bible calls for us to give thanks even in difficult circumstances. Uh, Thessalonica was a mess at the time that Paul was writing this letter. It was the the principal metropolitan area in, in what was known as Macedonia in that time. It was located on a major highway, a road that led from Italy to the east. Paul and Silas were forced to escape in the middle of the night from this angry mob that came to the home where they had been staying, wanting to kill them. 
And when they didn't find Paul, they, they took the owner of the home, a fellow by the name of Jason, and they took him before the town council. Paul and Silas were only able to escape through the help of some of the fellow believers in the city. It was a terrible situation. And that's the environment in which this little, small, fledgling church of brand new believers was trying to grow. And grow it did. As I mentioned, Paul sent Timothy back to to help this young church. And then Timothy comes to report to Paul that despite all of the challenges, despite all of the opposition, the believers were holding fast in their faith. The church was growing. Now, they had some problems. They had fallen into some immorality, some of them. There was widespread questioning about what the return of Christ meant and and why the delay. There there were a lot of confusion around that particular issue. Now, obviously, they had not been following Paul's instructions to the letter. They had fallen into some sinful patterns and they had misunderstood and even twisted some of the messages that Paul had given to them. And yet, despite all of that, Paul was thankful. Now, he, he deals with the problems in the, in the latter part of the letter. He's, he's going to work with them on that. But that wasn't the focus of his letter. And it certainly isn't where he begins. After this short salutation, he expresses deep, heartfelt thanks. He says in verse 2, We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. Paul And his co-workers gave thanks to God for the Thessalonian Christians. All of them. Even those who were dabbling in immorality. Yeah. Paul gave thanks for them too. Even those who had remained silent when he was thrown out of town. Yes. Paul gave thanks for them too. Even those who had taken his teachings about the promised return of Christ and and twisted them around and were now confusing the church. Yeah. Paul gave thanks for them too. That doesn't mean that he approved of what they had done. And he'll deal with those issues later in, in the letter. But to begin, to start off before he says anything else, he expresses how thankful he is for all of them. That's not usually the way we deal with problems in our life. One of my favorite desserts growing up was the dipped ice cream cone. My family used to go to Dairy Queen where they had the best tasting dipped cones ever, I thought. And when Dairy Queen wasn't available, we'd go to the local convenience store and and buy something that was called a drumstick. It was kind of like a dipped cone, but they had them there in in the freezer. It wasn't quite as fresh as the ones at Dairy Queen. And, And the cone and the chocolate were a little squishier, but at least it was close. But the best part of the drumstick was the bottom of the cone. Because whenever the manufacturer made that, uh, they would pour the chocolate dipping part a little bit into the cone. So it would collect down there at the point. And so when you got down to the end of the cone, you had this mass of chocolate and vanilla goodness. It was wonderful. 
<laughs> Only it wasn't my last bite. I always ate the bottom first. <laughs> Which distressed my mom to no end because then all the ice cream would start to drip out the hole that I'd made in the bottom. But I didn't care. I wanted that best bite first. Paul does basically the same thing with the Thessalonians. He he recognized that they were having some problems and he was going to deal very frankly with some of the issues that they were facing. But before he gets to any of that, he wanted them to know how thankful he was for all of them. So Paul gives thanks to Christ for each and every one of them. When you face difficulties in life, when in your relationship with someone, difficulties are beginning to come, you're at, at your wit's end with somebody at work or somebody in your family and you just don't know what to do, stop and take a bite of the bottom of the cone first. Before you get to all the things that you're upset about, and you need to have that discussion, that, that's, you don't want to just push it under the rug. You need to calmly and frankly discuss some of the issues that, that you're having. But before you get to that, tell them how thankful you are for them. Be honest with them and yourself. What have you seen God doing in their life? How have they been blessed? How have they been a blessing to you? Now, you'll be surprised what you'll discover down there in the bottom of the cone, even in some of the worst of circumstances. And that will color the rest of the conversation that you have with them, as it does with the Thessalonians. Paul, again, he deals with the problems. He doesn't whitewash them. He he deals very frankly with the issues that they have to deal with. But all of that discussion is covered and colored by the fact that he is so thankful to God for all of them. So this year, start the year making a decision, whatever you're going to face during the year, whatever conflicts are to come, whatever difficulties you're going to face, before you dive in with all the issues and problems that you want to deal with, be thankful. Be thankful. And as you give thanks, strive to grow in your faith. Paul saw something amazing with the Thessalonians that, that we'll see in, in the lives of fellow believers as, as we look at them. We'll see it in our own life as well. Paul's thanksgiving for the Thessalonians is divided into three parts. They're all focused on one glorious truth. That despite all the challenges, despite all the difficulties, they were growing in their faith. So often... Our difficulties could be solved if we would just do this one thing, if we would just focus on this one truth. When we as believers focus on the things on which we disagree, then those things only drive us further apart. So instead, 
Let's focus on the one thing upon which we all agree. Let's start by focusing on Jesus. That's what Paul does. And as he does that, as he, he looks at the mess that was the Thessalonian church, instead of seeing all the problems, Paul highlights three aspects of their growth and their faith. Three things that he sees God's doing in their life. Their work produced by faith. Their labor prompted by love. And their endurance produced by their hope in Christ. Do those three components sound familiar to you? Well, that's because Paul talks about the same three things in a verse that I'm sure is familiar to pretty much everybody here. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. It's it's the most familiar verse in that chapter. You know it. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Paul rejoices as he looks at the Thessalonian church, and yeah, they've got a lot of problems, but he sees their service produced by their unfailing faith in Christ, their labor for God produced by their love for the Savior, and their perseverance that they exhibit through the hope they have in Jesus. A hope that even all the difficulties they were facing couldn't take away. Here's the thing. Even amidst all of the problems that the Thessalonian believers were having, the light of Christ was shining bright. And folks, His light will shine bright in our world, too. We've all done this. You can go ahead and admit it. You don't have to say it publicly, but you can admit it to yourself. We've gathered the family together. We posed everybody. We, we've got the camera up on the tripod so we can be in the picture too. We, we get ready to, to take the picture, and as we look through the camera, there's just nothing. And some bright, enterprising young person in our family says, you know, that will work a lot better if you take the lens cover off. Well, at least when they tell you that, you can now take the photo. With cameras a few years ago, you wouldn't have known that till you got the pictures back. And all you had was just a bunch of blank photos and some young enterprising person in your family will tell you, you know, those pictures would have been a lot better if you would have taken the lens cover off your camera. Too often in life, we look before we take off the lens cover. We enter into a difficult conversation with the cover of anger or or hatred or bitterness or pride. And things go south in that conversation before the conversation even gets started. So do what Paul did. No doubt he was disappointed with some of the things the Thessalonians were doing. There's no doubt about it. He was probably exasperated that he was now going to have to reteach the very same things that that he had already taught them. But before he dealt with all of that, he takes off the lens cover. And he does that by expressing thankfulness. You will be amazed what thankfulness will do in your life. 
And especially in your relationships. Relationships are hard. They're work. So start with the sweet taste of thankfulness. Before you enter into some of those difficult conversations that no doubt you'll have to have this year, pray that God will take the cover off your eyes. That you'll be able to see all the reasons why you can be thankful for that person. And then express them to them. Let them know that you're thankful for what you see happening in their life. But I'll lose the argument if I do that. I'll look weak if I start by telling them all the reasons I'm thankful for them. No, you won't. Paul didn't. What you will do is you'll start with the very best. So this year, decide. You know, if I don't do anything else this year, if I don't get anything else accomplished, I'm going to be thankful. I can't think of a better way to start 2019. And then follow that up by doing one of the major things that Paul was thankful for about the Thessalonians. Decide, I'm going to grow in my faith. I'm going to take a step forward. I, I don't know where you are in your faith this morning. I, I, I can't read your mind. I don't know. Some of you I know well, so I know because you've told me, but, but some of you I don't. But wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, decide, I'm going to take a step forward. Maybe this morning you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're wondering what that even is. Well, well, that's why God brought you here today. Because we'd like to share that with you. In just a moment, I'll tell you how we can speak with you for just a moment and show you in the Bible what that means to have a personal relationship with Christ. But that may be the step that you're needing to take this year. To say, you know what, I've never really settled this with the Lord, and, and now's the time to do it. And we'll show you in the Bible that all you have to do is, by simple faith, receive Him as Savior and Lord. It's, it's amazing. We'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But maybe that's your first step. But, but many of you here, you already know the Lord. You, you, you've been following the Lord, and, and maybe that's something that's pr- still pretty new in your life. Maybe you've been following the Lord for years and years and years and years. But all of us, all of us can take a step forward. There are not any of us that's arrived there's not any of us that, that can honestly say, I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. So let's decide, okay, yeah, I've got some areas in my life where I can take a step forward. I'm going to do that. And so, so, so I'm going to challenge you this year, and you're going to be hearing more about this as the years go on. I, I'm going to challenge you with a question. What's your one? What's the one thing that you could do this year that will be a step forward for you in your faith. Maybe you've always said, you know, I've always wanted to read the whole Bible. I've just never sat down and read the whole thing. What a great year to do that. Fifteen minutes a day, you can read the whole Bible through in 2019. There's some wonderful plans out there available. I'll be glad to show you where there's lots of them. You can find the one that works for you. Fifteen minutes a day, you can read the whole Bible this year. Wow, wouldn't that be great to take that step forward? Maybe uh, there's a ministry that you've been thinking about. Maybe you've been thinking, I want to be a part of that blessing box ministry, but I, I just hadn't ever quite figured out what that is. Or, or maybe you know, I want to help Grand Oak. I need to go over there and volunteer. They do some great ministry over there, and I, I need to do that. 
but I just haven't ever got around to it. Or, or maybe there's another ministry here at our church or through one of the many wonderful Christian organizations in town. You've been thinking about being a part of that ministry, but you just never have quite done it. Well, how about that one thing that for you to do this year is say, you know what, I've been thinking about this. Now I'm going to do it. Take those steps that you need to take to be a part of that ministry that God's been calling you to be a part of. Maybe there's that person in your neighborhood, at your work, at your school, that God's been laying them on your heart, and you haven't really known why. <laughs> You've been saying, well, Lord, I don't really like that person. <laughs> They're not very friendly. They're not like me. But God just keeps laying, you on their, laying them on your heart. And maybe this year, just instead of thinking about it, you can take a step forward in sharing your faith with them. And maybe that step's just to start praying for them, saying, Lord, I don't know what this person's problem is. I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't think they know you, though. So, God, help me. Let's figure out some way to help this person know you. Or, or maybe you've been praying for them, and now it's time to take a step. God, okay, you've laid this person on my heart, and I hadn't really done anything about it. But this year, in your will, if this is what you want, Open a door for me where I can have a conversation with that person about you. Where I can sit down with them and share my faith with them, share my testimony with them. Maybe I can share a verse of Scripture with them. God, I, I don't exactly know how this is going to work, so I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me. I need you to help me to know. But, God, this year I want to be the year that I see this person come to know you. Maybe that would be your one. There's all kinds of ways. We're, we're, we're going to share with you. All kinds of ways that you can take steps forward in your faith. I saw a wonderful article from Lifeway. 52 new things you can do for God this year. I'm going to be letting you see that article a whole lot more. But just remember this question this morning. What's your one? What's your one thing that you can do in 2019 that will take you one step forward in your walk with Jesus? What's your one today? Heavenly Father, we do want to be thankful because you are a good and a gracious and mighty Lord. You are doing wonderful things. And God, sometimes we're blinded by the sinfulness in our world. We're blinded by our own pride, our own prejudice, our own sinfulness. And so we don't see all the good things you're doing. So, God, we pray that this year you take the blinders off and help us all be thankful because you deserve our thanks. And, God, as we are thankful, you're going to open our eyes to some opportunities, some possibilities. And so help us to determine, Lord, what's one thing that we could do this year? What's one new thing that we could do that would, would help us to grow in our faith? What's the one thing that we could do in our life this year that would help to grow your kingdom. And Lord, just open our minds to the possibilities of what we can do. God, it's a brand new year. It's just a change of date on the calendar, but God, it could be so much more as we allow you to work through us. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.